your favourite albums. Disgust. Track by track. On today's podcast... Now, here are your hosts, Campbell and Jack. Hello everyone, uh, my name's Campbell, I'm a co-host of Track by Track with Campbell and Jack and I just wanted to invite you all to listen to our latest podcast, uh, which is uh, this one. And joining me is Jack Walker. Campbell, dare I say that uh, we're back in the saddle. We are, we've got two, we've got two under, well this, this is the second one, if we get through it we'll have two under the, <laughs> under the belt. Um, it just never sees the light of day. Yeah, it may be. This is one for the archives, perhaps. <laughs> but we've got uh, yes, yeah, so the the uh, unreleased, uncensored podcast. Yeah, some millionaire will buy it for like you know ten million bucks. And, um, so there's the last week we did uh, Liam Gallagher. We did Liam. Uh, not actually not, did Liam. Did, we we did his album. <laughs> we did his album. Not actually did his album, but we reviewed his album. <laughs> um, so that was uh, that was 2017 release. Yes. And I thought I was thinking of an album we could do. And I thought, let's just go back 10 years and look at the wonderful year of 2007. I'm sure that's not actually the way you thought about not it. No, actually, but... I thought about it. I thought it, it seemed <laughs> you, you right. Just wa- you just wanted to do this artist just for the... You know, yeah. I mean, Wilco are one of those kind of guys, that the bands that I've always liked. And I, we're probably going to do all of their albums by the time we finish this <laughs> actual uh, doing this. Well, that's the thing. We're only doing another 10 podcasts for the entirety of Track by Track. All of them are going to be Wilco yeah, albums. It's, 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 <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the diversity while it lasted. Um, but yeah, how are you, Jack? Um, I'm uh, beautiful. A little bit tired this morning, Jack. Oh, very, very tired. It's been a big couple of days. Yeah, right. Uh, firstly, now, I'm not sure if you caught on to my back in the saddle reference before, but... Uh, oh, I didn't actually. That's, that's pretty good. Well, because, Campbell, we went to the uh, the Horsies yes. on Tuesday. We went to the Melbourne Cup. Melbourne Cup. What a beautiful carnival it is. It is. Isn't it? It really it's is. Almost, you always forget about the horse racing, don't you? you yeah, you because there's get... so many different things to get immersed in, yeah. isn't there? There's the park, which is a great area. Up there, you've got all the little different food vans. Yep, some live entertainment. Live what, entertainment. what was it? Hot dub time machine. Yeah, so you had essentially a DJs. DJ taking you through music from... Well, the 50s, well to, to his credit, at least he had a theme. A lot of DJs just don't really have themes, and I mean, I'm I'm not a DJ person. I get it's for a certain sort of yeah type of audience. Yeah, it's just not really my thing. I'm, thought, I'm all, live, he, live music. Through I thought it. he did a did a good job. Yeah, I think he did. T- I think yeah. it was a good choice of music. Mind you, it was about four o'clock, and we've been drinking since about ten thirty. So well, yeah, exactly. Anyone would be good. Well, anyway, so we thought we'd give you a bit of a run through of our day. So oh, it's beautiful. It's a great it's day. It's just a lovely day all I up. Put, I mean, today is Oaks Day, and it's a it's a far sunnier day. Didn't quite make it there today. Didn't quite make it today. No. I had to do a podcast, so I had to had to. We could have, we could have done live it, from live from Flemington. Live from Flemington, but yeah. I think a great day was had by all. Really, it was. Um, I I'd never been to a, a Melbourne Cup. It was. A, it was sort of a week beforehand. You know, we all made up our mind. Oh yeah, we'll go. Well, actually, you said you were going with a uh, our friend Sammy, mm. and I decided at the eleventh hour I'll join you. No, yeah, it was a lovely surprise. It's good to have you there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so Oaks, Oaks Saturday. It's a beautiful day. So hopefully they have a have a have a good time today. All the all the punters going down there. How'd you go on your uh, betting on uh, Tuesday? You know, all up well enough. Well enough, enough not to lose your house, but yep. not well enough to, you know. Have to sell the kids now? You know, have to tell the kids. We're going to be having cereal for the next couple of weeks, I think, for dinner. I said sell the kids. Oh, sell, I thought you said tell the kids. I was going to say. Well, you tell them you're selling them. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, interesting. 
I can't afford them anymore. At least have a bit of an explanation for my actions. But I would imagine you're a little bit tired from the events that transpired last night, Jackie Boy. Very big night last night. So last night I went along to the Sydney Meyer Music Bowl to see uh, the great Australian band Midnight Oil. Um, And all I can say is is that even though that they are all... I think I said to you, early 60s? Early to mid-60s, I think. Yeah, early mid-60s or so, because they started in, what, the late 70s. Mm. It was just an energetic show from mm. start to finish. Mm. Uh, Peter Garrett's 64 uh, years old, and I read a review of the Monday show that said that he appears to have the fitness base that would put most league footballers to shame. Right. Because he's, you know, he's 64, he's belting out you know, all these you know, really hearty, aggressive songs throughout the set, and he's you know, running around on stage, maybe not as... Uh, active as he used to be, but mm. he's still doing a lot of the crazy movements. And yeah, well, their early stuff is quite kind of punky, isn't it? Really yeah. punky. So yeah. it's quite energetic stuff. Yeah. But yeah, again, like we just did with Melbourne Cup, I thought you, I'd just give you a run through of the, the whole show. Mm. Um, so he had a couple of openers. I probably arrived midway through the opening act. I can't remember. Uh, anyone of note? He had the Jezebels. Oh, yeah. Um, who I had heard of before. I didn't realize they were, they were opening. Shows the amount of research I put into the whole night. Yeah, right. Uh, but they had a couple of okay songs. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, just, well, well done. Yeah. Good, good job. Good That's job. quite the compliment from you, Jack. They had a couple of okay songs. <laughs> so, so I went with my dad and we were positioned, so we were in general admission. We were, uh, so on the big lawn that's, mm. you know, looking down yep. at the bowl. Yeah. Just a bit of a, uh, tip for anyone going to the music bowl for an, a concert or whatever, always go to the right side of the, of the stage. So when you're walking off. Off uh, that road there, near the, uh, the art gallery. Yep. So you'll be on the left side. You're on the left side. So walk. Don't past. don't set up there okay. straight away because you'll find that I'm not sure if this is for every concert, but I found for this one, uh, just a lot of people tend to set up where they first see, which is in, in this case we thought, oh yeah, the left side. There's still a bit of room there. There was a lot more space on the right side and where we would have had an even better view of the stage. Right. So it's if, always been an interesting venue. I don't really yeah. enjoy. See my music ball very much. I find it's a bit open and, uh, yeah, it's not necessarily not getting what you pay for. You know, it's all about where you where you go and where you sit. Like I saw the black mm. keys there. Yeah, and that was a bit, a bit the same. But you know, it has its advantages, I suppose. Yes. Um, there's been no um, advancements on the Carl and Lisa situation from last week. Disappointing. Disappointing. Well, I, I wasn't done with the oils yet. I still had a bit more to no, get through. Yeah, on. Um, but you know. M- more importantly, no, but when the <laughs> Carl and Lisa, no, but when Carl and Lisa hosted the uh, uh, Carl's by Candlelight, oh, true, yeah, that's Sydney nice, yeah. Music Bowl, and that's a great kind of setting for it. It and is that wouldn't be very good in Rod Laver Arena or whatever, that'd be a sort of weird, like yeah, open kind of space. But I think for rock shows, like when I saw Black Keys, I, I, I didn't really, um, just thought it was a bit weird. Okay, I, I, thought it, I thought it was a really good venue for yeah, it. Right. I, I went there, it was probably three or four years ago, I went to see Paramore. I didn't know you saw Paramore. I saw, I saw Paramore. It was a bit of a. Uh, I got the last minute call up because someone uh, pulled out, so yeah, I got right. was able to get a ticket, and uh, we actually had seats for that. Oh, Paramore! They were good. Yeah. Good, yeah. Um, I'm not a big listener of their material, but they were a very energetic live act, and yeah, yeah a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, with Midnight Oil, so they started at, at about eight thirty or so, and what was interesting is that so they did about twenty songs, all up, all up. Mm. Uh, the first ten songs. I probably only knew about four yeah. of them. So uh, it was just like a complete mixed match of their, all these different songs from, you know, er, their early stuff, their later stuff. Mm. And what's interesting is that the whole sort of theme of this tour is that they're never doing the same set list twice. 
Right. Okay. If, if, if you look through the archives, um, there's this website called setlist.com. Yeah. Where you can see all the uh, bands who, you know, and all their set lists uh, that they've played all of the all, um, throughout the year. So you could see like a Midnight All set list from like 1987. Yeah. Um, but for this particular tour, if you look through every single set list, you will not find the same one twice. Well, that'd be kind of fun to to uh, to play. I mean, as a musician. Yeah. You? Well, I read that they had over 100 songs re- rehearsed for this tour. Wow. 100. So pretty much their entire catalog. Yeah. And they've probably done. Probably about eighty percent of their catalog on this tour, mm. just all these songs, obscure ones, B sides, the well-known ones, of course. But yeah, the first ten songs, a lot of uh, I wouldn't say obscure stuff, but songs that I had maybe heard once or twice in passing, or you know, seen the name of. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that song from yeah. that album, but right. didn't really know as well. Mm. So yeah, first ten songs didn't know many. Uh, when the generals talk was probably the first one I was like. That's one I really know. Yeah, right. And that was like eight songs in. Yeah, right. But saying that, it's a testament to the band that, you know, they can do that. Mm. And they just they can just have the audience in the palm of their hand because they were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, right. So then they went into US Forces at like, you know, 11 songs in. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was just hit after hit after yeah. hit after hit. And um, to a point... Uh, where they went into King of the Mountain, which is another fantastic Midnight All song if you haven't heard it. And this is the last song of their main set, and they were going to come out for an encore and do, you know, your power and the passions, best of both worlds. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, short memory. And the lead guitar player, Jim Mogini. Jim Mogini. Uh, see, I feel very pr- privileged to have actually gone to the show because it could very well be the last Midnight Oil yeah. show of all time. Uh, tragically, during King of the Mountain, he pulled his hamstring showing his age a bit i think isn't it? yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah you know, I, I only just saw the the footage of it today because where we were at sydney my music well you couldn't see anything except yeah. for the big screens and mm. they didn't show him uh in this incident but i saw the footage earlier this morning and it's just him jumping around a little bit yeah. and then he just stands still for a second and then just falls over oh, it's that sort of delayed reactions it's like oh no i pulled my hamstring so, oh, something's happened here and i'm falling and i'm down <laughs> and you can just see peter garrett walk over to him at, you know st- while they're still going through king of the mountain and you know jim the legend he is just keeps playing <laughs> yeah. and peter's just like you're right mate you're right yeah, he, right. he you know, puts his hand on his shoulder yeah, and i'm good yeah <laughs> So unfortunately, uh, he wasn't able to do the encore. Mm. So they didn't actually, they weren't able to do Power and the Passion and yeah, right. Best of Both Worlds. So we missed out on a little there, but absolutely still got our money's worth. Yeah, absolutely. So they That's just, good. That's what you want. You they, want... they just did the one song for the uh, encore, which was One Country, which is another fantastic song. But I was thinking that, like they have a different set every night, maybe they should have a different band member that gets injured every night. Yeah, right. You know, so maybe it's like, all right, Jim, you Anvil got injured. Anvil falls in someone's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob, you know, it's your turn to get injured tonight. Rob Hurst, the drummer. And by the way, Rob Hurst yeah. uh, is one of the most energetic drummers out there. Yeah, right. One of the most underrated rock drummers. And the level of musical joy mm. he gets yeah. while he plays is yeah. just so good to watch. He, he's just captivating. Yeah. Absolutely it, captivating. He's funny because he went through a kind of a phase of, of how he wanted to just kind of be presented as a drummer. Like he was mm. a real kind of punk drummer early in the late seventies. And then he kind of went through this like eighties phase. Yeah. Where he had all these different bits of Yeah, like the electronic drums. Yeah, he had all that kind of different mm. kind of stuff. And then, you know, he went into just a little bit kind of rock and roll in the nineties and now he's doing whatever he's doing now. So it's interesting to see he's he still has that energy which is is the main thing that he's always been known for. Yes, so. exactly. So yes, unfortunately Jim wasn't able to do the encore. I suggested to you that they needed a Dave Grohl sort of throne for him to come back on yeah well, some I think, point. well it's hard because it's a different thing because even if you sit on a chair it's still putting yeah. pressure on your hamstring 
So I don't know what they do. Maybe just like hold him up. <laughs> like get a crane and yeah. just lift him. Yeah, just take the pressure just, off the... <laughs> Who knows? That'd make a good stage prop, actually. Yeah, it would. A little, yeah. Like a little crane comes on. Yeah. yeah. But look, overall, it was a fantastic show. They're doing another show... Uh, this upcoming Wednesday, yeah. and if there's any tickets left, I might just have a little. little is you know, it at the same place? Yeah, City Mile. Yeah, right. Just have my well, have a little splurge. If it isn't cancelled, that is. I mean, they're not paying this. They're not paying the same set list, so you know, you're seeing a different show. Yeah, see? precisely right. Anyway, Campbell, you touched on it earlier. Mm. Uh, the album or the artist we'll be talking about today. So, would you like to introduce today's album? Absolutely. Um, this album we're doing today is called Sky Blue Sky by Wilco. Um, I told Jack earlier that I wanted to do a, a Wilco album because I think their albums are really something special. Um, I really had it down to th- three I wanted to do. There's the, kind of their big famous one, which is Yankee um, Hotel Foxtrot. That's right. Um, that was the first Wilco album you showed me. Yeah. Well, that's their big kind mm. of, you know, masterpiece. There's this one and there's another one called Wilco, which is a self-titled. Yeah. Um, and I kind of had to pick the three. And... I found this is probably the easiest to listen to. They've got lots of different, you know, mm. um, avant-garde kind of stuff that goes on. Um, but this is just real good kind of songwriting. All right. um, Jeff Tweedy, who is your future lookalike. That's what you're going to look like in about 30 years' time. I, th- I, I think it, whenever I uh, hear the name Jeff Tweedy, I think of Chicken Run. Mr. Tweedy. Yeah, well, same. <laughs> oh, I, oh, actually, he's got a band now. I told you they was organised. Just called Tweedy, so that might be a little thing there. But... Um, uh, Jeff Tweedy just came out of rehab for um, alcohol and prescription drugs, and he kind of went back to his old songwriting, which is essentially just um, you know that kind of alternative country rock yeah. thing, um, and a lot more um, attention given to lyrics. Um, it was recorded at the, at the Wilco Loft, which I found is interesting. So it's their own little space yeah. in um, in Chicago, Illinois, which is they're from. Um, Kind of a famous yep. Chicago band. Uh, released May well, 15th. Well, b- before you go into any more trivia, let's go to the montage. Oh, the montage. The of montage. Course, the, yeah. little, little, the little montage I edit together. Of every course. Week. Here we go. I don't know if all good melodies have a certain amount of sadness, but certainly a lot of uh, the melodies that I've used and liked, I can understand why people think of it as sad. Lyrically, I can understand why people see some of the music on the new record as, or, or some of the lyrics on the new record as being dark. Um, but I've never made anything in my life where I didn't feel like it, there was something hopeful about it. I know that Wilco is perceived as being uh, my thing, and it's my songs, and it's my voice. But it's it's always collaborative, and it's always an environment where I welcome a lot of input from. I can't really play with other musicians without wanting them to feel invested in it. I think it's a, a, a political st- a statement in itself to, to make music. I think that puts you squarely on the side of things existing. And uh, the freer you can make your music, I think that's, that's, that makes the statement even that much more powerful. Sorry to interrupt your fascinating trivia segment. No, yeah. I, I, I just figured, I was trying to find the opening. It's like, okay, and now we're doing Sky Blue Sky. Here it is. And it just never it happened. Just, it just never came, so I thought I had to take the initiative to actually... Um, mate, just stop. Just stop. Yeah. But anyway, uh, continue with your trivia, mate. Yeah. So, so uh, recorded at... Uh, Wilco Loft, which is kind of, I suppose, their own little space. I suppose when you've been in a band for 20 years, you get to have your own little area. Um, self-produced. Yeah. Wilco, Jeff Tweedy's a real kind of... Almost a little bit like um, that bloke from... 
Jeff Lynne. Yeah, Jeff Lynne. They're actually quite similar in the, in the way they look. Yeah, they look kind of, kind of similar <laughs> as well. Enough, and their first name's Jeff, and the way that they kind of produce music is very, uh, very similar. Uh, Released on 15th of May, 2007. Yeah, well, great date, mate. Great date. Great date. Lots happened then. Uh, recorded from November 2006 to January. So pretty quick, only a couple of months, four or five months it took well, them to I, record. I can hear that. You know, it's, it doesn't sound like an album they stressed over a lot. No. You know, there's not a lot of fancy effects here. Yeah. In there. I mean, you've got a few things on the guitar and all that, but it's a very simple uh, album. So you could see that it wouldn't take them too long to do. Absolutely. Picked up a Grammy nomination. Ah. Uh, I mean, the Grammys have only have a certain amount of credibility, but yeah. it's sort it's of nice it's just one, just the fact that, yeah, Wilco, yeah. Of, of all bands, I mean, they're not the most popular band no. going around. They have they're, a real cult following. Yeah, I, I was going to say they have a real bands. big following. So for them to pick up a Grammy nomination for Best Rock Album at the 50th Awards they wouldn't want ceremony? It. No. I won it. I'll get back to that after we do the first song. Oh, okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't have that here. Um, and I, oh, I might actually look at this one as well. Cause, uh, it was ranked 42 on Rolling Stone list of the top 50 albums of 2007. Oh, oh really? Yeah. It was also, it was ranked in the top hundred of, of albums of the 2000s okay. by Rolling Stone. There you go. So it doesn't make much sense that, you know, it's ranked 42 in 2007 and ranked in the top hundred for the decade. That doesn't make True. too much sense. It should be in the top, like, kind of 10, shouldn't it? If yeah, if, if, if it was going to be... Like, statistically. Yeah. Uh, well done, well done, Rolling Stone. I don't think, well I don't, I don't think they make these, um, like, at the same time. <laughs> I think it's like, you know, John in the office puts one together, and then Mandy puts one together, and it's like, oh, they don't Yeah, I, I don't think conti- continuity is their strong point. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, um, so we've got... How many tracks do we have to look at? There's 12 tracks. 12 tracks. Uh, I listen to on Spotify. Big shout to Spotify. Send us money. Um, <laughs> and they've got... They've got like a 13 or 14 tracks on this, and there's... Um, so there's a couple of bonus tracks. Bonus tracks, but they're so good. So at the very end, remind me to, to show you those, because they're fantastic. Okay. But I think we should just kind of get underway. I've, I've got a few more bits and pieces. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, how much did you have, mate? I thought, yeah, go on. Uh, so the cover artwork. Oh, of course. Isn't it, isn't it cool? It is cool. So it's a photograph by Manuel Presti, mm. titled Sky Chase. Yeah. And this was actually... Uh, featured in National Geographic. Yeah, it's interesting. We only really mention the, uh, the the album artwork when it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like we and don't I... bring up the like the weird ones. <laughs> oh, what did we mention last week? We mentioned Liam Gallagher. Yeah, the photos. Of, yes, uh, the Beatles guy, Klaus 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 Fortman. Fortman. Yeah, yep. Uh, it also helped Presti win the 2005 Wildlife Photographer of the Year I've Award. Got, it's got on in there. That's so good. Wilco, uh, Jeff Tweedy, I should say, uh, decided to oh yeah, just use that for my album. That's good. And it's actually the picture is just kind of white and black, but Wilco put like a little black see, stamp on I, it. See, I wouldn't um, been able to pick that it was actually a photo. It, yeah, it, it looks something. Like it looks a, something that was like digitally produced in like, like yeah, Photoshop or, like, or something. Even like a picture. Yeah. Like a hand drawn kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it looks pretty cool. I can't. Yeah, I can't believe that's a photo either. It's I pretty cool. I didn't even realize they were birds at first. To be honest. So we've got. Uh, are you are you all done with the trivia? I'm done. I just I don't want to kind of step on your toes, mate. That's <laughs> a, um, so as you said, it's a really interesting album. It kind of has some ups and downs, but really good songwriting. Yeah. Go through and. That kind of songwriting is demonstrating the first track either way. Let's go. I will try to understand Everything has its plan But either way I'm gonna stay Right 
Great opener. Great opener. I said a gentle and melodically advanced very start to an album. Very simplistic. Yeah. It it's doesn't... Um, it's not too hard to listen to, is no. it? No. No, exactly right. Love the mellow electric guitar. That solo is brilliant. Well, I'll get to the solo in a sec. I just want to talk uh, about the solo. How great was the solo? I'll get to the solo in a sec. Right. Uh, <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Um, the organ. I want to speak about the organ first. That's a great bit of instrumentation right mm. there, including that. It creates this very cheery sort of feel to the song. And it, a lot of it is very cheery. Yeah, well, I think the, the music is... I think Jeff Tweedy loves to do the, uh, the really kind of sad lyrics. The melancholy the sort melancholy of... melancholy stuff with the really happy... Music. Well, a lot of the reviews I read, or just things I came across with Wilco, is that... The Pitchfork review and the <laughs> couple of the other ones, Pitchfork. Yeah. I've always noticed Pitchfork are very harsh are in they? their music reviews. Are yeah. I, I, but I noticed that a lot of people said that Wilco are the American version of Radiohead. Yes. But just, you know, it, or if Radiohead discovered Americana. Yeah, know? I was going to say more of an Americana kind of, uh, kind of thing. But yeah, it's... um. Certainly, I think that's that's fair. They do a lot of, I think perhaps Radiohead are a little bit more out there than. Well, yeah, clearly. Wilco, but maybe actually in some of those songs that are uh, a little bit more kind of approachable, as far as content and, mm. and music goes, and yeah, they probably are. You know, if you compare stuff like Karma Police, yeah, like Bussic Trees, they probably find some Wilco stuff that's quite similar to that. Yeah, well, ex- exactly. I mean, this is a very sort of like middle of the road sort of Wilco album. I know they've done mm. a lot of stuff that's. A bit more in that Radiohead sort of vibe. Yeah, and they've done some stuff that's even like proper country albums. Yeah. yeah. So they're really quite an interesting band to listen to. Yeah. Uh, going to the chorus, uh, I love that unexpected minor chord at the end of that first phrase of, yeah. of the chorus that we played earlier. But what I love more is the bridge and solo. Mm. So It kind of makes a song, I find. It really makes a song. So we'll play that section now. What I really like about that is that you can hear every note of mm. that solo mm. because of that beautiful, clean tone. Yeah, so I find there's a confidence with those kind of players to not bathe their guitar solos in any form of effects. Yeah, I mean, what I find is that, I mean, although Overdrive and Distortion... Oh, place. Yeah, they, they, they're great effects and they're fun to use. They can drown out a lot of mistakes that yes. a guitarist can oh, make. Absolutely. If you really want to you know, prove yourself as a really skilled guitarist. You play whatever solo you're playing just with a classic clean just tone. Nothing. Just, just with, with nothing. nothing. Yeah. It, it's, it exposes you. Yeah. It really does. But when it's done well, like, uh, who's the guitar player? Nels Klein. Nels Klein, as he does here. It just sounds beautiful, especially with that flurry of notes. Yeah. You know, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I think that um, he's, he's, a, he's a jazz player, and I find that it come, a lot of that comes from the jazz thing. Of I, mean, I'm, I don't particularly like jazz guitar. Um, I find it probably the, the last instrument I'd have if I was forming a jazz band, because um, I just think it's I don't know, just don't like the sound of it. But I find it it's that dexterity that you get, mm. uh, and just knowing which note to hit. Like that wasn't that was note perfect. It was. You know, if you know how many takes you did that solo, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, uh, 
could be a lot. He, he strikes me as a one take wonder. He's just going, especially nah. some of the stuff we hear later. That's a bit more out there. Mm. I imagine that, like Jeff was just saying to him, "You've got one take to just do whatever the hell you like." Yeah, yeah. Sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Oh, we'll get to that later. Awful, but... uh, going back to, we were speaking about the Grammy Award for Album of the Year, Rock oh, Album of yes. the Year, went to Foo Fighters, Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace. That's a pretty good album. It is a pretty good album, and. The number one album calling to Rolling Stone for 2007 was Carla by Mia, or M-I-A, or yeah. whatever it's called. It's at like M.I.A, mm. so I assume it's M-I-A. Mm. So it's like electro-pop, hip-hop sort of stuff. There you go. Um, yeah, well, I think this, this song is, is mixed perfectly. It sounds so full. Mm. Um I said, yeah, well, I said the first guitar solo was magic. I think we've, we've covered we'll that. Covered that pretty extensively. Um, but yeah, quite a relaxing start. It is. Quite a gentle start. Yeah. So, so ready to move on, Jack? Uh, you are my face. You are my face. Yep. It, probably the most interesting title on the album. Uh, some weird ones. Later some on, weird but ones, but this is yeah, this is pretty pretty out there. But uh, yeah, here it is. I have no idea how this happens. All of my maps have been overthrown. Happenstance has changed my plans. Many times my heart has been outgrown. Now everybody's feeling all alone. Can't tell you who I am. When everybody's feeling all alone, can't tell you who I am. You are my face. Why is it called You Are My Face? I don't know. I, I didn't hear the lyric in there anyway. You, I, w- I was going to say also, you might be able to touch on some lyrical stuff a bit later on. Well, uh, I think he's got one of the one of the better uh, lyrics. I can't, oh, two great lyrics. I think the first one is my mother's sister's husband's brother. Yes. It's a really cool way of filling in some words to kind of get to a point. The backing vocals in this, they've got that, the, the dual vocals. The har- harmonies, all, yeah. All Jeff Tweedy. Um, is he doing all of them? He's doing all the vocals, yeah. Um the bass guitar is so cool in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's known for his little, interesting little phrases. Um, what was the one about the... Something about locomotion. I, I, yeah, I like, I love, I love a, a locomotion or something like that. <laughs> so he's got some really interesting turns of phrase, which, is, which will come up throughout the album. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, what were your kind of initial thoughts? Well, it starts off with a very mellow sort of opening. Kind of uh, a continuation of, on yeah, the last I, song. I, I think so, yeah. yeah. I actually said it's a very similar vibe to either way. Yeah. Uh, so the way it starts off, you've got that uh, strumming by, by the electric guitar. Mm. What I find interesting about that, it literally sounds like it's just been plugged into a audio interface. Yeah. And that's just like the default tone yeah. that you get from that. But saying that, it works. Yeah, it could be a $200 guitar or $2,000 guitar. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know. So yeah. what I'll do is I'll play that now along with uh, some of the uh, verse with the harmony. So here you go. Husband's brother working in the gold mine, full time filling in for sunshine, filing into tight lines, ordinary beehives, the 
door screams, I hate you, hate you, hanging around my blue jeans. Why is there no breeze? It changes quite dramatically uh, later on, as um, evidenced by the section we played during that uh, little intro part for this song. It's a real sort of dark change mm. with the lead guitar, and it transitions into that 70s groove mm. almost, you know? Oh, yeah, they, they, they can um, be pretty groovy um, throughout this album. Yeah, it sort of surprised me a little bit. That was like, I mean, there are a few moments later on that I was a bit surprised at, but this was the first real moment in the album that I thought, this isn't going to be what I expected. Because, you know, I know you're a big fan of this album, album and uh, not to offend or anything, but I thought it was going to be very country folky throughout the whole well, thing. No, that's and, and that thing. was And that was going to be it. That's their thing, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think I like to be put in all box. I think that's their the biggest fear of being a one-trick pony. Well, a lot of the reviews that we read, you br- brought up the term, and you know the exact one I'm going to yeah. bring up, dad rock. Yeah. I don't hear that here at all. I don't hear dad rock maybe, at all. Maybe they have a different definition of what dad rock is in America, but yeah. here I associate dad rock with... Minot Oil. Yeah, Minot Oil, funnily enough. A lot of the bands from like the 70s and 80s... Yeah. Um, Sweet. Especially here in Australia, like the pub bands. Yeah. Angels. Yeah, Angels. AC, even even like ACDC to ACDC a point. ACDC to a certain extent. Yeah. Definitely. But I'll, I'll tell you what, after we come back, after we preview the next song, I'll bring up a definition of what dad rock is. Okay. Because I'm very curious. Uh, the only thing with this song, maybe it goes for a bit too long. Yeah, I, th- I think there's about a minute or so that could be cut out because the end just sort of goes on yeah. a little bit. But really, that's about it. Yeah, all I had to say yeah, for that song. I agree. Pretty good. Uh, next song, now this is an interesting uh, song title, Campbell. Impossible Germany. Fundamental problem All in the face This is important But I know You're not listening Oh, I know You're not listening Yeah, so I thought, um, I mean, it's, as you said, it's a bit of a weird, weird title. So, what was it? Uh, impossible Germany, unlikely Japan. Mm. The only thing the I can, I can think of is, um, you know, World War One being in Germany. Yeah. World War Two being in Japan. Um, I, I mean, I suppose, from what I get from the lyrics, I think it's actually like, it's representative of his stint in rehab and how hard it was. Okay. Um um, just through some of those lines, but um, I don't know. I'm only guy, kind of guessing. Um, but I think it's a good song. I think probably it's a bit too guitar-y at the end. Oh yeah, that like, I, th- I think that's like three minutes. Yeah, and it's just like I understand what they're trying to do. Yeah, like I understand they're kind of they're trying to freebird their way into yeah. rock history. <laughs> like, it, like it's like an instrumental like finisher, and yeah, and there are some good parts. Yeah. of that. Like it, it's good when the guitar first starts and you know does a few things. Uh, mm. And it's also good when there's like this harmony guitar part that comes in later on, yeah. but then the the other lead guitar comes back in to do like some really random stuff, and it just yeah it, it, com- it comes across as a bit like disjointed and unstructured. That's probably where it loses me there. Yeah, but the the actual lyrical part, the song part, is really really cool. Yeah. So maybe cut a little bit of time off that yeah. so I, end. I just want to play a little bit of the solo to show yeah, you what I mean. It's a great so I, solo. I'll, I'll play that harmony part. Yeah. Because that's good, that harmony part. But just with the lead guitar part over it, it mm. just sounds a bit messy. Yeah. So here you go. Yeah. 
So this is where Nels... Uh, Nels Klein? Nels Klein uh, gets a little bit uh, inventive, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose so. I suppose so. Uh, another thing I like to point out is that nice sort of like guitar intro, or the main like guitar yes. motif. That's really cool. Absolutely. So I'll give that a play. Again, some very nice chord changes, very soothing. I thought this was maybe a little bit crowded house-esque at times. A bit crowded house. I didn't think, even think, think about that. I think there's a Pretty bit much. of influence there. Yeah, probably. Um, and the other little bit of trivia is Impossible Germany was ranked 71 on Rolling Stone's list of the 100 greatest songs of 2007. All right, 71, yeah. 71. So this is probably, to some degree, the big song from the album. Would you agree? Well, I think so. It's it's big when they play uh, it live. I, I think this is probably the only song from the album I'd heard before, for some All right. some way, shape, or form. Uh, I think you showed me once, but I think I'd already heard it before then. Right. Okay. But yeah, look, good song. Yeah. I I like where it sort of goes. The it, chorus is nice as we played before. Um, perhaps a, a bit of a self-production indulgence. Indulgence mm. is always a bit of a problem with this kind of stuff, especially with such a creative group like Wilco. Yeah. They're very creative. Um, very experimental. Perhaps need to start rein it in a bit. Yeah, just tighten bring, up bring the screws. Yeah. Um, it's the first school of rock reference for a little while. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Uh, little Slappy Joe. Little Slappy Joe. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think best thing to do now is to move on to uh, Sky Blue Sky. Title track. Title track. Let's go. With the Sky Blue Sky This rotten time wouldn't seem so bad to me now Oh, I didn't die I should be satisfied I survived It's good enough for now Now, Jack, you're not a fan And I must say up until then, I enjoyed it, but that listen, I just it didn't do as much for me. I just oh, ly- lyrically, it's good. It, 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 like it's an okay song. I just thought it was a little bit boring. Uh, is all. So what? What does it? What does it need? It's very straightforward in retu- in regards to dynamics. It's very just on the same level for pretty much. And the it seems whole to have track. the same kind of chord progression. Yeah. And melody throughout the whole thing. There's some nice chord changes, like in the chorus, uh, as we just played. Nice little lead guitar section Mm -hmm. uh, with a nice choice of tone, so I'll give that a little play now. I'm not saying that songs without dynamics are bad at all because there are plenty of good ones that we've covered here on the show that mm. have been fantastic. But this one, I think the music is just mm. lacking a little bit right. and it doesn't make up for that lack of dynamics. Well, 
this is definitely a song about his rehab stint. With a sky blue sky, these rotten times wouldn't seem so bad to me now. Hey, okay. Yeah, lyrically, it's, I think it's good. I just don't think... Uh, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. There we go. Well, that's I, I've, I've changed you. It's, it's, it's just making me uncomfortable. I don't... I kind of agree with you because it's just... Yeah, like it was... It felt like... It wasn't all that long, the song. No, it's only about three, three and a half but minutes. it feels like great. it's a lot longer. But, yeah. yeah. I'm a bit bored by that, actually. Yeah. So it's a bit of a country ballad. We hear a bit of lap steel, which is a nice change in instrumentation. Yes. Uh, we hear a bit of that That's also Norris Klein, by the way. Oh, is it? He yep. does that as well. Yep. But, yeah, overall, just a little boring and bland. All right, well, let's not spend too much time on the bad ones and focus on the good ones. Side with the seeds, track five. Tree tops now. Now, before I get into the song, just reading some of these reviews, right? And your friends over at Pitchfork, Pitchfork. gave this 5.2 out of huh. 10. I, I always find that they give a lot of the albums, you know, I look at and so forth, really harsh reviews. Well, it sold 87,000 copies in its first week. Uh, it was number seven in Norway, number 21 in Belgium, and number 23 here in Australia. So, like, must be doing something right. Oh, clearly. Anyway, this track, uh, I think the... Uh, the hero of this track is Glenn Koch on drums. Some by, great stuff. By the way, was voted the 40th greatest drummer of all time by Gigwise. Oh, I thought you were going to say Rolling Stone. No. Gigwise. But Gigwise is a British... What, why should I believe Gigwise? I don't know. It seems like that's quite the, uh, that's quite the, uh, the talk up. Yeah. But, uh, but no, look, his work is definitely on display. It feels like he's starting to come out of his shell a little bit more. In yeah. This kind of song. He's yep. starting to play a little bit more around the kit and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the bass guitar is sounding more and more like Paul McCartney every song. Yeah, there's a lot of melodic stuff going on. Yeah, which is good to hear. Yep. Um, because it's kind of the bass and the drums are kind of keeping the whole thing together while Nellis Kalarin goes mm. off on his little tangent little later tangents. on. Your overall thoughts? Uh, good song. Mm. Good song. I like. The main sort of hook in this song for that, uh, like the part we just played. Yeah. Uh, good chord changes and a really nice melody. I think that's been one of the better melodies mm. so far. You also like the uh, the snare roll at the start. That was cool. Yeah, that I, was like, cool. I like that. Uh, so I want to talk about this instrumental section. Yeah. It's this real like staccato-y guitar riff. Yeah. Uh, with some, you know, building drums. I, I think... liked, actually. Sorry? I didn't think I liked that as much as I did. I think, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good, yeah, drums highlighted some good guitar work as well uh, the harmonizing guitars more of that and right before right before that final solo as well yeah the guitar work i think was at, probably at its best yeah without a doubt but I didn't so, even need that last solo i think no i was actually going to say that this song didn't need that second lead guitar section no. because really i think it's a bit more sporadic mm. you know it's similar to what we heard before with uh what's the germany song impossible germany, uh, impossible germany uh in that that was just a bit germany unstructured one. what's that one called what, what's the germany one uh, but what I'll do is I'll play the first instrumental section because I think that's um, really, really good.
Aside from that, I don't have much else to say. Maybe a little repetitive because it does have that second instrumental part. Mm. Um, but overall, I think it's a pretty good song. Yeah, there's some great um, kind of piano right in the background. I said some angry yeah. piano clusters, just hitting some really interesting chords quite aggressively. Um, yes, to help, I suppose, with that overall. Um, it's another big sounding song. It is um, on this record, um, and you know that's number five. And so the next kind of three songs are probably the, my favourite three on the album. Yep. All right. But that's kind of this is kind of setting up what makes those songs great. So I wonder if that was deliberate because this song has. Elements of great bass playing, elements yes. of great drumming, elements of great guitar work. But I just feel like the next three songs have kind of taken the things that we have said maybe a little bit excessive, not necessary, cut them out and just left the, left the bare bones, All right. I suppose. So, you can uh, introduce this one. The next one is called Shake It Off, before Taylor Swift did it. Yeah. A uh, very different song. <laughs> very different. To the Taylor Swift version. This is the original Wilco version. Uh, yes, very good. Yes. I find that's three really good songs put together. The first bit, well, the first bit I don't like very much, to be honest. The sort of like, the, so the first part, the, the la- first part. lazy sort of country well, sort of cool, vibe. Cool line, the ceiling is chopping up my dreams. The ceiling fan is chopping up my dreams. I find that's a pretty cool line. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really like the song until it gets into that main groove. And I think it takes too long to get there as well. It does take a long time to get there. So that's the part we just played, the chorus, the shake it off part. Um, yeah, so it starts off with that very... Lazy sort of country intro, which I'll, I'll play yeah, a g- bit. G- give it a play. I'll agree. I'm not massive on this section. I'm not really a fan of the vocals. They're a bit, yeah. they're a bit whiny. Yeah, to my bit, liking, yeah. To, you know? The whole thing's kind of a bit bland, and that's kind of when I listen to a band like this, I go, "Well, you, you can't really afford to be a little bit bland." Yeah, because there's so much creativity going on. But I suppose it is. It does contrast well between the two parts, which yes. is a good thing. But then I think probably the best part of the song is when uh, Wilco leave the studio and then Pink Floyd come in. <laughs> that to, is great. To record yeah. a bridge. So we played a little bit extra in that chorus uh, at the beginning, just to highlight. This is really sort of Pink Floydy section. It's really Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. It is Pink Floyd. Yeah. David Gilmour coming in. Yeah, the, the whole the whole gang. Rog. They reunite. Roger Waters and Dave Gilmour got in the same room back together. Um, but yeah, I think I like the song. I mean, as a drummer, it's very the drums are very. Oh melodic. yeah, the, those little breaks. Uh, yeah. That little. I think probably that's great. That whole section takes a bit too long. Yeah, it is a bit of a long. The whole song itself is a bit long. It's nearly six minutes and. Probably could be cut a little bit. Yeah. 
I mean, just this little bit. It's not whole sections. Okay, three kind of good sections. I don't like really the good. first section, but I think it serves a purpose. Yep. It's sort of like 70s groove part. Yeah, isn't it? And it's it's a little bit uh, Beatle-like. It is. It touches the Beatles. Beatles, Pink Floyd. Kind of, it's yeah. But, I mean, they're good people to copy, really. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> it's, good, it's a good starting point, good you template. You copy anyone. You may as well copy those guys. And there's, there's a bit more Beatles coming on through, through the album. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. That was, that was the first song that I kind of thought was in this kind of cluster of really great songs. Yeah. Um, I because we're about to enter the second half of the album. I think the second half of the album is almost stronger than the I first half. I think it half. is too. So I think song placement is important here as well, mm. which we can talk about a little bit later. But I think we may as well just keep the ball rolling and go to track seven. Please be patient with me. I'm this apple's Blessings get so blurred at the sound of your words. I'm gonna need you to be patient with me. Yeah, good. That's just a real straight down the line, but in it kind of in a good way. Well, I was, I was going to say, I was going to compare this to Sky Blue Sky because it's a very straightforward song, very little happening in regards to dynamics. There's a bit of a lead guitar part, but I think this is just a, a better written song. Yeah, it's, I think it's... There's something about it. It just sounds better. Probably this and the next song are probably the two best lyric, lyrically based songs. Um, it's super, like, super vulnerable. It's a real change in emotion. Mm. And I think Tweety's voice is so... Mr. Tweety. Mr. Tweety. I think his voice is so... Um, delicate on this, like, and particularly so. Mm. But I, I think it's fantastic. Well, what I love about this song is that blend of electric and acoustic guitars, uh, and it sort of just not overdone. This, creates this lovely flow, in, like in that section we just played, and it almost like sounds that little bit off at times with the chords they're mm. playing, but it sounds so right. Yeah, at it's the same not. Time. It's not overdone as well. I was, I, it's good that they didn't do the whole electric yeah. thing again. Yeah, you know so, I mean? yeah, look, good song overall. It, again, because it's very simple, I can't really say much else about it, mm. but it's a well-positioned song yeah, uh, in regards so. to the album, especially with the next song, which is something uh, a little bit more rocky mm. along with the previous song. But, yeah, it, it's a better example of that sort of song that can be good without much in regards to dynamics. Absolutely. So, yeah, good. Good yeah. song. You want to intro the next one? Yeah, well, this is... Um, it might be up there with my favourite on the... On the album, yeah. it's called Hate It Here. Um, good tune. Have a listen. It's a good idea. Yeah. I think the Beatles just broke into the Wilco <laughs> studio there and just decided to record a long lost song. Isn't because, that cool though? Yeah, that's Isn't just cool how they can sound so much like that. And they've always said, I mean, like everyone these days, the Beatles are a big influence, but I mean, that's actually sound. I mean, that is scarily oh, like the Beatles. That is the Beatles. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how they did that. That, that riff, that the vocals, it's. Well, yeah, I, I think that um, it's. I just think the lyrics are, are kind of cool. Um, well, very cool. I think they're very cool. I don't think they're kind of cool. I think they're very cool. 
Uh, you know, I, I even learned how to use the washing yeah, machine. Yeah, I, I get a real sort of... I mean, he's talking a lot about domestic chores in this song. It's, yeah. You know, it, maybe he's, like, unemployed or, yeah. you know, maybe his um, wife is the main provider for the household or, and he's just, like, he's stuck at home. He doesn't work. He's, like, the house husband. Well, yeah, or, or there's something that's, you know, he's he never did enough around the house or he never tried hard enough to to make it work out. I suppose he's trying to do it now. I, you know, I called your mum and she said you were at home and I should take care. And I think all those really, it sounds so personal. The song sounds so, um, kind of so interesting yeah. um, just to hear. But then it's backed up by the music. Yes. Which is amazing. I want to make particular points to the electric guitar because in that sort of quiet section before the big Beatles rock part, uh, the electric guitar has got this great little section through the use of like muted strumming and mm. just little bits here and there. It's little just bits. It creates this fantastic little part, so I'll play that now. Overall, probably the best tune so far. Oh, I think so. It's certainly the most exciting tune. Yeah. It's certainly the most fun. It is fun, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, another great part of this as well is the drumming. Oh, Glenn, so we, so we Glenn Koch. Glenn Koch. We heard it in that section just before. Just some of those great little fills. Well, it's very Ringo, them. isn't it? It is very Ringo. Um, some of it, just that little bit offbeat and whatnot. Yeah, it's a, it's the the groovy little thing that they that they do. Um, so he's still kind of playing quite melodically, mm. playing along with the with the bass and guitars. Yeah. But there's been a lot of groove on this album. Absolutely. Well, he's the 40th best drummer in the history of the universe. So. Oh, that explains it then. Absolutely. Anyway, do you have anything else to bring up for uh, Hate It Here? No. I think it's it's a classic. I yeah. Think it's it's In- instant classic. Yeah, it's the go-to for the album. I think it it sums it up. It's got all the different elements. It has got everything that we've heard so yeah. far, hasn't it? It's got you know the little quieter part, the big rocky part, great drums, great guitar, mm. uh, heartfelt vocals, yeah. lyrics, more good bass. Mm. Well, um, although it's not as prevalent in this song, just really good song. Yeah, really good song. What's the next one, Jack? Leave me uh, bracket like you found me close bracket. There you go. It's what I wish for Somebody just like you To tell me what to do Honestly And leave me like you found me Just before we get to that, just a couple of things to bring up. I mentioned this a few songs ago, and I forgot to look it up until now. Uh, Dad rock. Mm. So rock music that appeals to an older generation or that is heavily influenced by that of an earlier era. So by that definition, Wilco does fit into dad rock. Yeah, but lots of music fits into dad rock. Yeah, when you think about it like that. I mean, like there's... Think of anything. Yeah, literally anything. Anything that's influenced by past. I mean, any popular music ever. <laughs> I mean, I, who would have thought that Andre Rieurk is considered dad rock? Yeah, he's heavily influenced by classical music. You would imagine. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that's. I don't know. You know, it's so dad rock. So there's dad pop. Dad, dad pop. Dad classical. Dad rap. Dad jazz. Dad jazz. 
I like that. I like that. I like that too. So there you go. And did you uh, you just said something during the break? A new album from Wilco. Is that correct? Well, yeah, it's um just during that song. Just a I was, bit, I was, of, bit of breaking news. Um, well, there's a singer called Mavis Staples, and she's collaborating with. I think it might just be Jeff. Okay, so it's not a Wilco album. It's a collaboration. Yeah. Okay. It's a soul. It's a soul record. So okay. Interesting, interesting to see uh, Jeff on that. He's a very productive musician, isn't he? He's, he he's is. that sort of guy that, you know, one way or another, he'll release an album every year, whether he's it's through busy. Wilco, through uh, another one of his projects, yep. or yeah, He's got one of his son who plays drums, and it's just them, huh. and they're called Tweety. Um, so Mr. Tweety. So they do, yeah, they do the, they've done, I think I actually first got into Wilco through the um, Tony Desk concerts. You know the NPR Tiny Desk concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, well, they did one that was really, really good. And then he did one with his son. Um, so get onto that if you haven't heard that. Oh, um, there you go. Uh, Leave Me Like You Found Me. Something a bit laid back. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, you hear that ride symbol in, that, in the beginning and that sort of sets the tone for the song. Mm. Very flowing chord progression. Yeah, I think this is, this is kind of, as you said, it's that second half of the album. It's, it just sounds kind of better to me. I think Leaving Out Your Family is a real interesting title for a song. It's very kind of provocative. Yeah. Um, yeah, another kind of straight down the line song, not dissimilar to... Um, Maybe some of the earlier songs. Some of the earlier songs. Yeah. Um, that we thought, oh yeah, this is a good song. Yeah. So yeah. to show that, I'll play some of the intro with just to show off that sort of chord progression, and sort of vibe of the song. Yeah, sounds so here good. You go. Uh, something we've sort of touched upon here and there is the instrumentation. Just the, you know, just the decision to put a little chorus effect on the guitar works really mm. nicely. Here. Yeah. It just adds that little bit of variation into the overall tone of the song. Yeah, you don't want to uh, sound too kind of acoustic, you know. Uh, the chorus, descending chord progression. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Like, like it. Yeah. Yep. And then great bridge. Yes. As well. Yes. Um, actually, uh, instrumental section first. Yeah. Um, great instrumental section. Here's a bit of that now. song they love their instrumental yeah yeah and they're always very melodic and mm. and that was just another case in point and then uh yes the bridge which makes use of some great uh more great chord progressions and the chord progressions on this album have been fantastic mm. you know i mean they're very simple yet there's that always there's always one every now and again that just makes you go ooh. yeah and that's a very jeff lynn yes. thing to do we, we touched on jeff lynn yeah that's yeah, uh, i didn't make that correlation actually he's that sort of master of just putting in the odd chord that makes, you know, your ears prick up. Yeah. Uh, so here's a bit of the bridge. I sit on the couch alone Will you sit when I'm not home And I feel so close to you I always feel 
figure that your bridge needs a bit of a, you know, sort that sort of weird change or, you know, different chord. Mm. Uh, and also, yeah, I love the guitar and what it's doing with like some of the double stops. So like yep. playing two notes at the same time, mm. um, higher, higher up. And with the chorus effect, it sounds really good. Don't have too much else there. Mm. Let's move on to the next song, man. Oh, yes, please. Just keep going through them. Yes, please. No next, next song. Next song. Which next is. song. Please, next song. Next song. Which is? Walking. Walking. This is... Oh, mind you, piano was pretty big in that in the last couple of songs as well. We're starting yep. to see a little bit more piano, but this one is certainly the the real piano Shall tune. Get to the song. Get to the song. Off the song. Get Here to the is. song. This is Walking. Campbell, if I was to die in tragic circumstances in the next five minutes, I'd be very happy if that was the last song I ever listened to. You know, and there is one bad thing about this song. It's where it's placed. It ends. <laughs> no, yeah, it ends. But it's it's where it's placed. I don't even mind that it's number 10 in. Really? Yeah. I mean, if I'm listening to the whole album, then it gives me something to look forward to at I the think, end. I think it should be the end. Oh, that could work as it well. It should be That'd the closer. Be, yeah. But holy crap, this song is just fantastic. Oh, it's great, it? This is a brilliant, this is my pick of the album, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it, it changes yeah, drastically. This, this song has everything. It has real country influence. Listen to that piano intro. Yeah. Whole, you know, just, it's sort of like got that all sort of like ragtime feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll give that a play now. I also found the uh, it's got that kind of a dobro that's slide guitar. Just yeah, the, the sort of like lap steel or whatever. Yeah. Thing, yeah, which is just another kind of country influence. Uh, verses are great. The chord chord progressions there is great as I just played there as well. Uh, love the ending of the verse. It's sort of like that sort of chromatic descending thing again. Yes. Uh, but it sounds a little bit more sinister and like almost like yeah, off. sinister, doesn't it? it yeah, sinister. A little, bit, uh, a little bit evil at times. Yeah. Uh, but you know everything about this song is just absolutely fantastic. Mm. I love the ending. Yes, it's all like he's the riff is sort of like he's checking his tuning. Do 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 do. You can hear it's two different strings because yep. one's a sounds a bit more open. Because yeah. um, what he's doing it sounds like he's playing the fifth fret of the low E string, yeah. uh, which is an A, and then he's playing the open A on the next string. So yeah. it's like dun 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 dun, yeah. and he's like alternating between strings. So I'll play that and just how that leads to the ending because there's some great sync up with the drumming. There's some great melodic stuff going yep. on. So check this out.
out of 10. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a text from you this morning. So, yes, dude, walking, how good is it? I'm like, yeah, that's a good song. But yeah. It's, I, actually, it's actually spelled like W A L K E N, not yeah. walking, but walking. Yeah. Like Christopher Walken. Yeah. I found that interesting. I, I was like, is this song about him? But it I was sounds like walking. Like walking is, is if it should be a. Um, W-A-L-K-I-N apostrophe. Yeah, yeah. Very good point. Um, it's walk in. Yeah. Don't mind it. No. Great song. It is um, a great song. But, I mean, but now there are, I think there are, there are two songs left. Yeah, both are, both songs are okay. Okay. But, but I think that was a big finish. Yeah. Then to just kind of continue on now. But anyway. Well, something to bring up later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, everything's just going to pale in comparison after that, in my opinion. <laughs> True. So we'll move on to the next song. This is What Light. When there's a light, what light? When there's a light, what light? When there's a light, why light inside of you? First of all, that um, 12 string guitar is. Oh, great. Sounds very kind of Neil Young, this song, I find. Yeah, it's a bit sing along, isn't it? Don't say Neil Young. Don't say Neil Young. If anyone, it's forbidden. If anyone has heard that, that podcast. It was always Crosby, Stills, and Nash, not yeah. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. But yes, that's a great um, great change of sound and just tone overall. Mm. So I'll play a bit of the intro with mm. the 12 string. You feel like singing a song And you want other people to sing along But just sing what you feel Don't let anyone say it's wrong I think it's another very good song. Which reminds me, um, I might need to borrow your 12-string guitar in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, great. Just thought I'd have it on record just so you say, oh, you never tell me about that. <laughs> well, it's it's on record now. I put, so. put it on the podcast. But yeah, isn't isn't it such a great, unique, different sound? It is. Um, that it's they thought you know it might have been. Might, I mean, he might have just been playing along on a twelve string. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Or it might be no, we need something a little bit more jangly. I always yeah. think they sound jangly. Yeah, I know what you mean. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I think it's weirdly placed though. I'm not. I'm not too sure where a song like this fits. Okay. Um, it's a nice song, isn't it? I, I really it's, like this song. It's a, yeah, it's a, okay, it's e- a even, even after the um, tour de force that was Walken. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really good follow up. Yeah, like in regards to like where things are placed at the moment, you know, it brings it down a little bit. Again, it's a bit more of a sing along sort of song. Yeah, you know, there's a line. Be great, like well, closer no, at a concert. Yeah, this is one they gave away for free, I think. Yeah, I, I heard they streamed they something. Streamed, Stream, a, streaming was a thing back in two thousand and seven. Yeah, it was a free download, I think. Yeah. Instead of going on LimeWire. <laughs> oh, those are good memories. Um, I mean, what? What's LimeWire? Yeah, Lime what's, what's, what's downloading? Never heard of it. Again, nice country influence. Mm. You know, it's not totally dominant, the country stuff. It's just sort of there. Like, there isn't like a total... No. Con- it's so, not like uh, a banjo. No, no, there's, there's nothing like that. You know, it's just a sort of vibe that's included in the songs. Mm. Unfortunately, the next song I... Thought it was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, it is, unfortunately. Um, so we'll, yeah. we'll play a snippet of that now, and we'll, we'll get onto that. And yeah, and we'll wrap up the album. We'll talk about how we're going to fix the bits we don't like and enhance mm. the bits we do. So this is On and On and On. Please don't cry. We're designed to die. We can't deny. Even the gentlest time. 
not a bad song. No, I just think it doesn't really fit. No, it's it's a real change of theme. You know, it's a bit of a darker tone. I mean, we've had a bit of a you know a few darker songs earlier, mm. but this one just um yeah, it just seems a bit out of place. Like you said, that was kind of kind of the only thing that I think this would be uh, kind of okay in the middle. But I don't think it's really there's not a lot going on with it. There's yeah. not much to discuss about it because it's. I, w- I would call this one maybe a little bland. Mm. It doesn't really go anywhere until that great instrumental section with the you know the drums. Yeah. it's a real dynamic part of the song. So mm. we'll give that a play now. I do like the way how it, the chorus builds up with the drums after mm. it goes back into the chorus. So yeah. that's a really good change in it. I would say a good way to end the album, but maybe not a great way no. to end the album. It could have been a bit better. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Campbell, we've done the album. We've done Wilco, Sky, Blue, Sky. So firstly, favourite track? Well, I'll probably walk it now. Yeah, um, I've, I've talked you into it. You've me into it. But it was... It was um, Hate It Here. Hate It Here. Yeah. And I just feel, yeah, the big kind of full band songs were always better than yes. the than the, the slower acoustic songs. But that's why I, wanted, why I wanted to do it. I didn't necessarily think it was the greatest album I've ever heard. Um, but a good one to talk but about. a good one to talk about because of how different each track is from each other. Although there are kind of continuing themes throughout. Yeah. Um, I can think of another three or four Wilco albums that I'd want to do. So that's our next three weeks that's the next covered then. Wilco week. But, uh, yeah, so I think that um, it's important to do some albums that are up and down. I feel oh, yeah. It, it's boring if we just do the best albums of all time, you know. I've heard people, I've spoken to people actually recently I mean, that yeah. said, you should pick one that's bad and can it. Yeah, I mean, I would love to do that. Yeah. I actually would. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah, doing that is almost the equivalent of doing a really good album because, yeah. you know, you, it's a very one-way tone throughout the whole thing, whereas we we like to, you know, sort of have the mixture of, Tones like, oh, this song's really, really good, but this yeah. one just uh, doesn't work. doesn't really work. And why? I think that's the big question. Yeah. Why doesn't it work? I think why placement really is always fit? a big one. Yeah. You know, we came off the back of Walkin' oh. and you're like, yeah. And then we have What Light and On and On and On. And I think On and On and On is a great great title for a last song. Yes. Because it's going on and on and on, you know. Dare I so, say that it went a bit on and on and on. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's no, it was only four minutes, but it was felt longer. Maybe that was an artist's intentional thing. That's mm. like really kind of long song and call it on and on and on but um, no I think yeah interesting way to, as you said what you kind of quite can what you said you said it was a, a good way but not a great way yeah and I agree with that uh, in regards to my personal favourites so yeah. do, do you wonder what I enjoyed um, yeah I thought that it didn't even beg a question well but, oh, well, what, what, what would you do in three I go hate it here runner up yep. and I go either either way or leave me like you found me uh, as third Okay. Maybe, maybe leave me like you found me a third. All right, there you go. I, I quite like that one. Uh, so easily the second half of the album just dominates yeah. the first. No, and that's not saying the first half is bad, but no, there's but just the a second... few parts here and there that didn't really 
fit certain songs. Like you've got the three minute solo section in Impossible Germany, good for the first minute, but when it keeps going and it becomes a bit more avant garde, it just I mean, it could loses be, me a bit. That could be a minute fifty, mm. and it would be fine. Yeah, again, side with the seed, second guitar solo, and that that really isn't needed. Sky blue sky is a bit of filler, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, which is interesting because of the title track. Yeah, sh- I mean, sh- a- shake it off had its uh, dull parts, but yeah, everything after that for the most part, like. Most of Shake It Off was good. Please be patient with me. Very good. Hate it here. Good. Leave me. Very good. Walking. Absolutely just epic. What light. Very good. And then a bit of a mech close with on and on and on. So second half of the album just miles above. At least far more consistent than the first. But um, I thought it would be interesting. But but speaking of uh, songs we thought weren't up to scratch, what are some songs that you think if you were to restructure the album that it could go without? Um, On and on and on. Yep. And probably, what was the other one we said? Sky Blue Sky, the title track. We had to, we had to take off a title track. It's not the end of the world. Hmm. Let's have a little look, because I'm not entirely sure if there's anything else I, I was going to. I don't think there's, cull. I mean, I've, I've got the list in front of me right now, and really I don't think there's anything else I would consider culling aside from those two songs. Yeah. I, I actually like What Light is a Closer, because that's a very you know uplifting yeah. sort of song, okay. a bit, right. bit of a sing-along. All right. so I'll uh, I, I like that. To take Sky Blue Sky. You can still call the album Sky Blue Sky. Yeah, by, by no, all means. There's no reason not to. So take out Sky Blue Sky and take it on and on and on. Leave the track list as it is. I, but, I think it works well as is, yeah. But so, What Light as your closer. Yeah. So cool. e- either way, You Are My Face, Impossible Germany, Sky Blue Sky. I mean, not Sky Blue Sky. Impossible Germany, 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 uh, Side With The Seeds. Shake it off, patient with me, hate it here, leave me, walk in and what light. Yeah. Ten tracks. Yeah. And, it, and it's a 50-minute album, so we're only taking about seven minutes off, so it's 43 minutes. Which is fine. Which is absolutely fine. Nothing yeah. wrong with that whatsoever. But, I mean, this is my second Wilco experience. Mm. I listened to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Yeah. That was a very good album. Yeah. Uh, that had some really good hooks. and That may be um, the next one, next. Wilco album we do. Yeah, I mean, that one's a little more maybe experimental at times. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's so, their so, kind of, that's I mean, like piece of art kind of album. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> oh, great. It's a bit different than, yeah. than just this one. But this, I had a list of ones I kind of wanted to get off my chest and just do them. Mm. And this is kind of me finally getting the top of that list. You know what I mean? Finally yes. get into this kind of this stuff. Um, so Yeah, because I know you've got a lot of albums yeah, akin so to this it's just, that are very uh, alternative country sort of thing. Yeah, pile it up. So I had to try and cut through some of the crap and find some good ones. No, it's all good. But yeah, I can just, I can certainly hear like, you know, Radiohead in some of this sort of definitely, stuff. Definitely. You know, if, if they went uh, Americana. Yeah. I love that uh, sort of genre name, Americana. Americana. Yeah, well, you, got, you have Australiana, can't you? Yeah, Australiana. Yep. yep. Uh, just, that's sort of like your pub rock sort of stuff, yeah. that real hearty, yeah. you know, like a big steak. Yeah. You know, right. It's just very hearty and all that. Um, Britacana, Britacana, <laughs> Afghanistana, Afghanicana, Afghanicana. Interesting, interesting. What about Ghanacana? <laughs> From Ghana. Ghanacana. I like yeah. that. But look, overall, Sky Blue Sky was a thoroughly enjoyable listen. Mm. Uh, it was, again, it was a very simple album, mm. and that's not you know inherently a bad thing. No. Uh, I think if you're going to do something simple, you have to do it well. Yes. You have to do it very, very well. That's and right. this album was very, very. Well written, performed, produced. Um, we didn't talk about a whole lot of the production on this album, but mainly because it's just you don't really notice it. There's, there aren't really many any fa- many fancy tricks here. Yeah, 
that you know really needed to take note of. In fact, did we even mention who produced this album? It was self-produced. Self-produced. That's right. Um, so Jeff Tweedy behind that a lot, mm. I would imagine. And yeah, so really, really good. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you have up your sleeve next. Now, Campbell, what, what have you just taken out of your wallet? I've just got my uh, my bets on for this uh, Flemington Racing Carnival. So it's, uh, what is it, Oaks Day today? Oaks Day today, yeah. It's a beautiful day for it. It is. Well, we've been in the studio now for nearly two hours, so it could be pouring with rain for all we know. Well, true. It'd be nice to get out there and see the sunshine now. It's be- it was a beautiful day f- uh, for Melbourne Cup Day. It was. Well, weather-wise. We had a couple of showers, but it cleared up. It was, yeah. So... You know, we noticed that the that the ATM, the maximum you could take out was five hundred dollars. So only five hundred. Only five hundred. Can't believe only it. Only five hundred. No, there'd be some people that would that would easily exceed yeah. that. I found I found that most of Melbourne Cup Day, um, and it was probably the same for you and our friend Sam. About fifty percent of it was actually like lining up for different. Oh things. yeah, because that's why they put it's like a forty minute wait in between those races because it's yeah yeah. I mean, there was this one point when you and Sam were you know out. I think you were getting a round of beers or something. Yeah. And you were gone for 45 minutes, yeah, which yeah. is just absolutely crazy because the line for the bar was insane. The line for the Everything. all the different food stalls was insane. Yeah. Line for the TAB was just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I recommend going. I think I think they could do some like, some real live music though. I think you know what I mean. Like yeah, I feel they could almost stretch the day out further and have a band. I mean, probably just like a like live music, but it'd be kind of a cool thing to do. Like not and not dissimilar to um to. The AFL or the NRL, mm. you know, it's it's the biggest. Well, at, at the Australian Open, don't they have like a week of live music outside Rod Laver? I think or something? so. Yeah, I think so. But see how we brought that back and made it relevant. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that impressive? Everything's got to come full circle here on this podcast. Absolutely. But it's one of those experiences. Now we can say that we've been to the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. You know, a Melbourne tradition for better part of a hundred and fifty years. Now I think now it's just a long the, time. Now it's got to go to the grand final. Next year. I would have had a Boxing Day Test, Melbourne Cup and Grand Final. That'd be the trifecta, dare, Tri- I, the trifecta. dare, dare I say. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Anyway, so next week, uh, there's a bit of a hint towards what we'll be doing next week during this podcast. Uh, we talked about this artist a little bit. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back next week with another new podcast. So this has been Track by Track with Campbell and Jack. I'm Jack. I'm Campbell. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. I know you don't live here